Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Fantasy freaks and geeks. What's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am your host, James Cope. Oh, man, I'm excited. I am excited on this beautiful Thursday. We got a packed house in here. We got the magical beard of fantasy. And I tell you what, man, every single day I see you, that beard is just getting more and more powerful. Awesome. It's the mighty Matt Franciscovich. What's up? What's going on? We're we're one more day through the week. And so we're one more day closer to another episode of Game of Thrones. Okay. So I haven't caught up on episode one yet. Oh, my. What? Dude. I have it. And you've avoided spoilers so Oh, absolutely. Of course. Woo, that takes skill. What, this is what happens. I shut down social media on Sunday night. Yeah. Just gonzos. Yeah. I'm not You in. have to. Yeah. I'm going to have to jump You have to. There. There's no other way to live. What? That's the dumbest thing. You're going to text me, aren't you? Why can't you <laughs> just go on Twitter uh-huh. and tell everybody to not tweet about something that they all enjoy? Because <laughs> that's the way to do it. I don't do that. I call that the Eisen. Oh, I see. <laughs> hey, don't give me spoilers. Because he's, don't spoil. I'm like. First of all, HBO, yeah. you you have an East Coast feed. Yeah. So whatever time, I'm assuming it comes on at 10, you can watch it at 7. Yeah. So Damn. shut up. Right. And it's like, and one time, I remember this because I had this discussion one time with uh, David Damashek. Okay. Who David Damashek. He had so flown to Las Vegas <clears throat> for yes. like the NFC, AFC championship game or one of the divisional rounds or something. So Ben, he flew back during the second game. And when they landed, the pilot came on and was like, oh, yeah, by the way, the 49ers, um, 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. And Dave was pissed because yeah. he's like, how dare he do that? Because I'm like, bro, if you cared that much, you would have stayed <laughs> yes. and watched the game. That's what like, I'm I, talking about. I have no time. And I have no time <laughs> for people who, if you really if you really enjoy something like that, yeah. then watch it. And if you don't want it spoiled, 
then stay the expletive redacted Dude. off social media. <laughs> right. like you're doing, I'm with you. But you're doing it wrong because it's better to just go in and Oh, I see. Everybody's spoiling <laughs> I'm angry. I'm going to waste time. Just go watch some, it. No, no, go I, watch it. And, and that or, is, or just stay off it. No, yeah. and that's the thing. I think that if you don't want to get – if you don't want to see the spoil, the onus is on you. Yes. yes. The onus is yes. on you. I'm in a, fan, a Game of Thrones fantasy league with some of my pals and it, one of my buddies – didn't watch on okay. Sunday and was like, no spoilers, and we have a chat room, and I started talking about it, and he got so mad at me. Although, I will, I will say this. I will say this. If you are going to give one, just give the obligatory, hey, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert here. Yes, yes, yes. Give that one right. so that I can plug my ears. I could not do that. I could do that. I could just do that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you, but you're I hear you. Again, but My, you're, you're the was, you're you're a rare breed <laughs> that will actually go to that and just actually just not shut that down. Because I I had to do it a couple of weeks ago because I missed the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Okay. For the WWE. And so you stayed off social media. Stayed off social media and then I watched it Perfect. Monday morning. All right. But MG, I got Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, so I guess I shouldn't sit here and. Tell you about how <laughs> oh, I mean it's Thursday. Come on, bro. How Arya stole Daenerys' oh, dragons and just went is... to King's Landing and wrecked shop. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't shouldn't mention that. that huh? Spoiler alert: I, uh, from Wisconsin, Alex Miller, <laughs> what's cracking? Uh, not too much. USA got a, a very ugly victory yesterday in the Gold hey, Cup quarterfinals. Look pretty in the box gorgeous. score. Hey, a W is a W. Look baby pretty in the box score. Now they okay. play on uh, Costa Rica on Saturday, so we'll All be right. watching that one. There you go. You heard the voice of the man, the myth, the legend, the fantasy maverick himself, Adam Rank. What's cracking? Hey, uh, not too much. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on the show. Having you I, on the uh, show. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it's nice. I, I felt like I spent I spent a lot of time. Um, it, it wasn't really a filibuster. I just wanted to jump I on see. your conversation. Good. It's kind of like when you're at work and everybody, because we all have cubes, okay. and you hear a discussion, and you're like, I got to jump in on that. Yeah. And interject. I see. I sometimes it that, pays though. off. Like the other day, uh, you know, I'm going to dap it. Okay. So right. I'll wait. You'll wait. What a tease. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, we welcome in the folks on Facebook Live as well. I think it is working today. <laughs> I think it's working today. It's not working. Stop <laughs> it's Facebook probably, it's, Live. Yeah, it's, it's probably not. So. Uh, Facebook Live, what's up? Uh, if you would be so kind, Facebook Live, if you are watching, to go ahead and share the video as well. It tell two be, friends to tell two friends. Right. It would be much appreciated. Pay it forward. There you go. All right. So there you go. Uh, we got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to continue the late round series at the wide receiver position. Alex Gilhar wrote a great piece and we'll give you some names, five names, six names uh, to keep in mind later in your drafts. We'll talk about some notable contract year players at the tight end position. Tyler Eifert, Jimmy Graham, going to be some interesting uh, stats to throw out there for you as well. Plus, we will give you the results of a 14-team PPR mock draft Ooh. that we did yesterday. And we will give you some strategies if you're in a deeper league. We will give you some strategies if you're in a PPR league. We'll talk about players who get a boost in that format. We'll talk about players who, fe who fell in that format as well, but we start your show as always with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the news. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we will start in. Oh man, I almost said San Diego. We'll start in LA. Uh, <laughs> well, they they were, they were practicing in San Diego. Okay, there you go. They haven't officially practiced. In Orange County yet? In Orange County. Coast Dateline, Coast. San Diego. 
The season hasn't started yet. And, man, we got a Chargers wide receiver injured already. So he really is the next Keenan Allen. Oh. Adam oh, Schefter oh. first reporting. Was that to what? That Mike Shut Williams. Up. Mike Williams, the rookie out of Clemson, might need, might need season-ending back surgery. Although our very own NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport says he spoke with two independent sources as well and says surgery is not on the table. But, man, come on, Chargers. The season hasn't even started yet, brah. Dude. Trying to get him out of the way early. Yeah. You know, at least you go into the season knowing who's gonna who's gonna be there and who's not gonna be there. <sighs> Look, Evan Silva tweeted yesterday. Okay, hit all me. these uh, first round rookie wide receiver minefield: Kevin White, Rashad Perriman, Josh Doxson, Laqu- Laquan Treadwell. Okay, now Mike Williams add to the list of all these guys who were drafted early that that's aren't making impacts in their first year because of injury. And, that is interesting. And all know. all of those guys came hyped. Yeah, that's every what, that's single his one point. of those dudes. Like all these guys were taken. You know, with a lot of hype and in early in the draft okay. and missing time with an injury in training camp for rookie wide receivers, not good for the rest of his outlook for the season. So <sighs> it ties in well with the Facebook Live question we got. Oh, from the great Neil Dutton, who asked, "Will Tyrell Williams start to get the love he actually deserves now?" See, so I know we had our show earlier this week, and we started talking about wide receivers, yeah, yeah. and we started talking about the Chargers, and I know you guys kind of sort of poo-pooed the idea. Obviously, this was before Mike Williams' news came out, mm-hmm. and yes. I know you guys kind of poo-pooed the idea of like Tyrell Williams being a thing, and I, I felt sad inside because I like Tyrell, <laughs> and I, I want him to, to prosper and do well, and so now, not that I want to see Mike Williams get hurt, but I feel like this, this opens the door you for did Tyrell Williams. Yeah, it, sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> you're, you're jumping into it immediately. Like, you know, like now I just opened the door for Tyrell to, to yeah. you know, get the love he does deserve. Okay. Like, so, yeah, that's how I, I hope I hope it happens now, yes. Agree. I think the Mike Williams injury at least gives us a little bit more clarity on the other because they have so much depth at the position. Sure. So I think Ty, this gives Tyrell Williams that window we okay, so wanted it's to gonna, see. Okay, so it's going to give Tyrell a boost, right? So he's yeah. going in the double-digit rounds. What would Ooh. be a good price right now? It, let's say it, it is, you know, he, uh, Mike Williams, by the way, is going to start the uh, – is most likely going to start training camp on the pup list. He'll probably start the season on the pup list is, is what I'm hearing as well, uh, which might push him out, um, you know, four to six weeks. So it, with Tyrell's value right now, double-digit rounds, what's an appropriate valuation for Tyrell Williams, Alex Gilhan? Um, I mean, if you can get him in the double-digit rounds, that's great still, but I don't think it's crazy to start thinking about him in, like, round seven, eight. If uh, Williams is going to – Mike Williams, that's confusing. Yeah. Uh, is <laughs> going to be out for a couple weeks. Right. Uh, I, I think I think it's not, not too crazy to start reaching for him in that area. The trouble is this Chargers passing attack is still loaded. There's still Keenan Allen. There's still Hunter Henry. There's still Antonio Gates. There's still Travis Benjamin. There's still Dontrell Inman. There's still Melvin Gordon. Like, Tyrell Williams is really great, and I love him. But uh, I was talking to Harmon the other night, and he made this point that um, they signed a coach who's going to be more run-heavy than in years past. Okay. And Mike McCoy, also when he was their offensive coordinator and head coach, skewed more run-heavy as well. So you got to factor in also that we're going to have a depressed passing attack from what the heights it has been in the past. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, there's a lot of people in it. So that's why I don't think we should get too hyper yeah. and start drafting Tyrell Williams in, like, the fifth round. Okay. Right, but all these all these conditions existed last year. And Tyrell Williams still – I mean, partially because of injury, we'll but he still coach, had 109 – right, but you're talking about, like, a depressed running game. You're talking about all the names that are there. 
these conditions existed last year. And well, Tyra Williams still saw nearly 100. Not, not Keenan Allen. Okay, not Keenan Allen. Okay, so obviously Keenan Allen's going to chop into that. There's no doubt. But, I mean, Travis Benjamin is suddenly a threat now? He wasn't a threat last year. Antonio Gates is 11 years old. Like, I love the dude. He is Frank Gore is like, man, you're old. Like, like. The conditions are essentially the same. So, like, all of a sudden now Tyrell Williams becomes persona non grata. Like, no, I just, I'm not I saying can't he buy is it. persona non grata. He's when did I say that? I said don't take him in the fifth round. I said seventh or eighth is good. I just said temper your expectations because he might not be slinging it 600 times and Gates is there from the go. Keenan Allen is there. All these other guys. Like, all those people we said, yes, they, they existed on planet Earth. But rarely were they all on the same football field in San Diego together. I mean, Charles Benjamin played Hunter, 14 games. I don't know. And Hunter Henry is going to be more involved in the offense. Which I hope so. But I hope that I think comes the whole, the whole, I, I think the whole reason people are a little bit down on Tyrell Williams is like, oh, that was a cool, like, hey, man, that was great. You were, you were awesome. But you brought in essentially two receivers above him, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. That's you went from the top receiver to the third, and right. so I think that's right. Why but people... one of those guys is gone. Oh, I know. I feel I like know. Western Oregon doesn't get the love it deserves. It's different now, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> guys from Western Oregon, Keenan Allen could get hurt again, and he's had a history of injury. So there's an opportunity for Tyrell Williams to have another breakout. And I don't know if if a team would actually do this. Okay, but I I believe that football is is an entertainment business. You don't say. And they're going to try to – I think the Chargers are going to try to be exciting, and they want to put out a brand of football that is appealing <clears throat> yeah. to fans. Uh, they don't want to go the Jeff Fisher route. Are you uh, sure? Try to wow everybody with 9-3 to three snooze fest <laughs> right. with being hot as baseballs in that stupid Coliseum <laughs> The Coliseum, I'm now at war with. Are you? Uh, yeah, I don't. The Coliseum I, I don't, and I don't get along anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't like, how dare they? Oh, okay. They besmirched me. Okay. So after <laughs> I was so nice, I'm like, I'm the one guy who was sticking up for you, and you come after me. Why'd they That's come after cool. you? I don't know. Like the, I was like, the like Coliseum the Coliseum. Place. The Coliseum Pete Twitter. Came after you? Yeah. What? I'm like, I, I don't. You guys, I read uh, this story. I'm like, I like the Coliseum. Like, okay. oh, I wish they could have made this work. Uh huh. I go. They don't even don't move to don't move to Inglewood. You can make it work in the Coliseum because that's a cool like historic building. Right. Yeah. And even and the Coliseum the, people didn't. I I thought I'm we confused. would be friends, but I don't know if they thought I was as, kidding. As, as, a, as a USC alum, I, I'd prefer them to move out. Of yeah, my I get house. that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you still get to see <laughs> it by going to USC. Get out of my house. I, seriously, like, yeah, you can stay on the couch for a little while, but eventually you, you got to go. <laughs> you got you got to get a job and you got to move out of here. Hey, let's um, go down to South Florida. Let's go down to do. Duval. Gary, the barnyard dog. The barnyard, the barnyard dog. He's going to reportedly work out for the Jaguars next week. The barnyard dog, 31 years old, if he gets signed, would be Jacksonville's. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. I think he'd be Jacksonville's most interesting name at the tight end position. The team has 33-year-old Mercedes Lewis, 26-year-old unproven Michael Rivera, as the only notable oh. tight end names. What a disservice current. to Neil Sterling. Uh, and a- Ben and Ben <clears throat> Kojak or whatever who caught like two or three touchdowns at I, that Thursday night game. I, I love that you're saying uh, what a disservice to Ben Kojak or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the point of the joke. Uh, but, yeah, no, Gary Barnage going down there to South Beach if he gets and, – and, you know, it's funny because his name has been tied – uh, to uh, a couple of different teams, including Baltimore. But, uh, Adam Rank, if Gary Barnage does go down to Duval, what do you see there? Top five tight end. Come on. No, he's oh. not. I, you know what? He is one of those guys who benefited from having – Josh McCown. 
Well, yeah. I, Wait, I checked is that a corporate. thing? Can yeah, you I use mean, those that, words in a sentence? Josh McCown, <laughs> like, he loves to target his tight ends. Like, that's a proven statistic. And it was just – it was kind of like – Did you look at the numbers, though? <laughs> did I? Um, right. Please. Uh, it was lightning in a bottle. It was one yeah. of those things. It was a magical season. And I've had the opportunity to meet Gary Barnage, and I was joking with him because um, we were doing a feature with him and D'Angelo Williams for WrestleMania 30. And he is like, hey, you know, he's like, he had an extra seat. He's like, hey, come down and sit with us. I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. I go, for this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft you on my fantasy team. And this Perfect. is before he had his breakout. And he goes, bro, they never throw me the ball. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> wow, he knew. And, and I think ultimately he realizes, like, his game is blocking. Like, he's oh, a very sure. valuable yeah. player. And I think this is really why the Jags probably have a lot of interest in him is that he's a he's an exceptional blocker. So Marcedes Lewis is also a, a great blocker. Yeah. But again, well, he's 33 he's old. years old. Well, you could also run two tight end sets if That's they're having trouble um, clearing space for you know Leonard what? Fournette. That's yeah. a great point. So That's I think point. that – I think – that's it's a very interesting thing, and it really would make me more interested in Fournette if he was there. If you're like, oh. Oh, okay, so if they're going to start running That's some tight bad. ends, getting some more blocking in there, because I know they made some improvements on the offensive line, and right. I think with Doug Marone, it'll probably improve anyways. I think that, that that's really where it pays off. All right, so there you go. Uh, we'll go to Chicago. Jeremy Langford repeatedly had, uh, reportedly rather, reportedly, not repeatedly, reportedly had off-season ankle surgery. If he repeatedly had off-season ankle surgery, that would be a problem. Uh, <laughs> reportedly had off-season ankle surgery. That, according to the Chicago Tribune, who goes on to say Langford is recovering slower than expected. The Tribune still has him highly likely to return, but... There's also been whispers that he could get cut with Kadeem Carey and fourth-round pick Tarek Cohen serving as backups. Franciscovich, Yo. your thoughts? I mean, Jeremy Langford is trash. Wow! Wow! Hey, Mike he's Clay. He's not good. Look, he's not good. Hi, Mike Clay. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he good averaged 3.2 yards per carry last year in uh, 12 games. And obviously, Jordan Howard took took that job over easily yeah. so he, it's like, same line average 5.1 yards per game. yeah like he's not no one's gonna draft him he's not a fantasy thing Tariq Cohen kind of is intriguing he's like a little Darren Sproles clone mm -hmm. oh yeah if you guys haven't seen the tape go watch the tape he's yeah. a fun watch the 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 name of his highlight reel is human joystick right so. exactly and where did he go he went to like North Toledo, Carolina North Carolina no, no, A&T what is the A&T I have no idea I believe it's agriculture and technology usually what it is but he was he was a workhorse there and I think he had 37 receptions in his last season double digit touchdowns 1500 rushing yards but he's really small he's like like five foot six, one eighty maybe, maybe, maybe. But he's could be like a good change of pace scat back behind uh, Jordan Howard, who's a bigger guy. If you like watching those crazy YouTube videos, he's got a lot of crazy YouTube videos. Yeah, so he's a fun watch. I, I would highly recommend uh, you guys go find uh, this kid Tarek Cohen or Tarek Cohen. Tariq, 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 Cohen? maybe. Okay, Tariq Cohen. Sure, why not? I like Tariq. Uh, we'll stay in Chicago. Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times says tight end Zach Miller, quote, needs to have a really good camp to stick. This after the team signed Deion Sims away from Miami to a three-year, $18 million deal and then drafted the super athletic Adam Sheehan or Shaheen in the second round. I am just struggling with the Chicago names. Uh, but the bottom line is. Well, it's funny because it's not like you watch them. I, I, I mean, yeah, no, Adam. Not, you, it's not like you were watching them on Saturday. Adam Shaheen. you were watching. I watched a bunch of Ashland College. No? Well, I usually yeah. do. Oh, I know. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, but yes, uh, again, so they, they've got Deion Sims, who they signed to, to a free agent deal. Uh, Adam Shaheen, uh, they signed in the second round out of Ashland College. Um, I, this news though surprises me, Adam Rank, because, again, Zach Miller, a pretty good player. I mean, obviously injury prone, yeah. but a pretty good player. He is a good player, and I think that he's going to get an opportunity to go out there and compete. I, It's one of these things with writer notebooks where you just need to – fill column inches and everything like that. Of course, like every player needs to perform. There's there's very few players who are like, oh, you're locked into your position. Like Jordan Howard probably doesn't need to prove himself a lot in camp. Right. And there's a lot of like fringy type guys. But when Zach Miller's healthy, he's very effective. He's especially effective near the red zone. And I think that's one of the things the Bears are going to be looking for is somebody who can be a receiving threat when they near get near the goal line. Because especially now, because coverage is going to roll towards Cam Meredith. So they're going to need somebody to step up. And if it's Deion Sims, if it's Zach, I think Zach Miller would be a little bit of a better okay. receiving threat uh, if everybody was healthy. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to have. It would kind of surprise me if he got cut. He's, it not, would, he's yeah. not counting that much against the cap. He's got a low base salary number. He's been a good player for them for a while. Yep. And I think he's a better pure receiver than Deion Sims. Deion yeah. Sims, like career high in catches, is twenty six. Right. Like, I think that's. Want... But is he a better receiver well, than I think Adam Shaheen? Adam Shaheen's a very raw prospect. He's a prospect. Like, right, he's a prospect. Like that's what a lot of like DJ and those guys said when he came into the draft. It was like this kid could be really, really good, but. It's quite a jump, especially like we always talk about the rookie tight end thing. It takes a while. You got to get used to the speed, the power of those guys, and that's that's for big time players out of big conferences. Now we're talking about a you know Adam Shaheen out of Ashland, right? Is where yeah, he came out of, right. and we were thinking he's just going to jump in and be a pass catching dynamo as a rookie. Well, I mean, I think it's going to take some time. Second round pick. That's a big draft capital that they invested in this kid. Well, I mean, and, that's, that's, and what I'll say too is, is I don't think the Bears are really necessarily going anywhere. Wouldn't it behoove the team to to throw him out there to get that game experience early? I mean, he should he'll play, yeah, but I don't you also don't want to get the kid have the kid get beat around yeah. in the, you know, on the up and down the field and lose confidence or develop bad habits. Yeah, Pace's first two picks in the draft were very much ensuring his job security as in like hey man you can't get rid of me i'm building for the future we've got our tight end of the future we've got our quarterback of the future so you got to give this some time to let it play out he okay. didn't pick instant impact guys like we have taken jamal adams and i don't think taco charlton was available but you know what i'm saying like sure. we've taken two players like that oh, yeah. but like we're going for it this year right then he, he he would actually be on the hot seat with john fox but now he's like hey man let's see how this develops all right Okay, I think they're still going to get rid of him, but that's okay. Uh, Brashard Perriman there in Baltimore, quote, has had the most impressive offseason of any Ravens receiver, close quote, according to Ravens beat reporter Jameson Hensley of ESPN. Hensley uh, goes on to say Perriman is still the number three, though, behind Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace, but that Perriman believes his chemistry with Joe Flacco has improved tremendously. This offseason, you hear that news. What is your take, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant? Uh, I mean, sounds good. Um, but I, I need for him to show me that he's not Torrey Smith 2.0 first. Um, you know, I mean, they, they raved about his speed, and, and he flashed a few times kind of late in the season last year. But, you know, I mean, he did. Like, like you mentioned, he's, he's behind a couple of more established guys on the depth chart between Macklin and Wallace. Uh, the, the the Ravens, at least when healthy, I think, have like 13 tight ends. I don't know how many of them will be available in week one. But, you know, there's a lot of pass-catchy options there. I mean, and Woodhead. Know, Danny Woodhead is there. So, 
I mean, I, I don't know that I'm gonna use a would use a draft pick on Brashad Perriman. If I see something from him I like early in the season, maybe I think about him off the waiver wire. But right now, this just sounds like you know. I mean, we haven't done hype train or smoke screen yet, but this sounds awful lot like hype train. <laughs> uh, it sounds like hype train, but like hype train that's kind of running on fumes a little bit. I felt I felt like the stronghold loved this kid. No. I'm, I'm I was never a huge fan of him when he went we the in the draft. We love yeah. that weird photo of him in his odd hairline. Okay. I, yeah. I, like, I, I honestly believe that he could be a very effective fantasy receiver. I think Macklin's going to move into the slot and occupy the, the space that Steve Smith has, has left. And so if those 100-plus targets to Macklin – or, excuse me, Smith are transferred to Macklin, that's fine. Yeah. I still think that if Perryman's healthy and they'll run – I mean, no team throws the ball more than the Ravens, especially over the last two years. They're statistically the leader in passes attempted. So you put them out there. The coverage is rolling to Macklin. You've got to worry about Danny Woodhead. You have a speed merchant out there, and Joe Flacco's ability to throw the deep ball is pretty good. Yeah. I think he he could sneak in. If he gets up to 80 targets, he could sneak into a range where he's getting, he could, let's say, like 800, six, seven touchdowns, which – Kind of puts him in the wide receiver 25 to 30 category. Interesting. Like sneaking up there. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but the value where you're taking him, um, the promise that he has. I mean, it it would be a rare hit for the Ravens to actually connect on a a receiver that they drafted. I think that they've (laughs) drafted, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. I believe the number is 27. Okay. (laughs) One of them has been good, Torrey Smith. (laughs) They have missed on everybody. It is fascinating. Like, it it seems – I think it's harder – which is missed on so many receivers. Which is actually weird because know, Matt Baltimore's yeah. Baltimore's uh, <laughs> drafted pretty well overall. Oh, they do do a great job. Right. I mean, so that's Ozzie what, Smith is one of the best, exactly. but he cannot find a receiver. It's interesting. So it's I I get the skepticism because yeah. history is not on his side. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm willing to take a risk, right. especially for the price. And I'm I'm sorry I don't know his ADP offhand, and I could sit here and just oh, it's definitely a, I could, I could throw out a word salad um, right now. Also, Ozzy really Newsom, general manager, not. Not Ozzie Smith. No, oh. Ozzie Smith is their new general manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the record, you... I'm I'm completely out on Brashad Perriman. Okay. After they signed Jeremy Macklin, I didn't even want Brashad Perriman when he and Mike Wallace were great values. I would have rather yeah. taken Wallace, who I think has seven top twenty-four PPR seasons in the last like ten years. Even though we don't think of him as that like spectacular guy who averaged like twenty yards a catch That's in right. the Steelers that one year, yeah. he's still a solid fantasy receiver and. Macklin's going to eat up a bunch of targets. Tight ends are going to eat up a bunch of targets. Whoever's healthy, Woodhead's going to eat up a bunch of targets. Well, I mean, Ben Watson's coming off an Achilles. No, no, I, I, I laugh because they don't have a t- – uh, over the last two years, they haven't had a healthy tight end. It's they amazing. Ha- Dennis Pitta led all tight ends in targets last I year. I know. Pitta was a beast last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he, so, anyways, my, my point is, like, Rank, yeah, if he gets to 80 targets, but you have to hope then for him to return value that he hits on a number, That's a number of deep touchdowns. Well, for and, my – but for my 13th round pick, and I'm looking at his ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator right now, that's that's what you're doing, though, is you're, take you're taking a gamble. Like, yeah, you're, I mean, you're rolling the dice. I'm not, free. I'm not taking him as my wide receiver, too, but right. he's going – he's being drafted behind Chris Hogan and Sterling Shepard. I'd rather have Sterling Shepard. But he's going ahead of J.J. Nelson and Zay Jones. And in that round – at that point of the draft, where you're starting to look at, you know, just – Upside. Upside. You're yeah. like – why wouldn't I mean there's okay. there's promise there it's a it's a high volume passing offense he's a talented player I'm like you know what week six I could end up releasing him but sure. it's not somebody I'm going to be 
completely counting on. All right, I'll burn through some of these Facebook Live questions very, very quickly. But uh, <clears throat> let's see, is Michael Thomas from the Saints a wide receiver one? Yes. 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 Uh, not even a question. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what round would you pick up John Brown this year? We'll start. We'll go around the horn. Matt Franciscovich. Mm, I'm going to say sixth. Whew. Alex? That's a, I, I love saying the sixth. That's a little saucy. I was going to say maybe eight or nine. Yeah, I was, I was looking at like nine. Just because I can get him there. And then Adam Rank, Billy, your fan. I took fan. him, but I did take John Brown in our 14 teamer yesterday. And what, what round? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> I didn't draft him. Seven. One of, one of your seven, seven. Rounds, seven. In a 14 teamer, seven sounds about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Uh, your super fan, Billy Mitchell, says uh, Rank's Rank. Thoughts on Curtis Samuel since he drafted him in the 14-team PPR. Ah, oh, see? He was watching it. Hey-o! I appreciate that. Nice. I, again, when uh, at that point of the draft where it's all speculation, I'm taking the upside. And I look at the I look at the Carolina Panthers receiving. Oh, let's just say they're pass catchers because Greg Olson is obviously number one. Then I, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that Christian McCaffrey is number two. Mm-hmm. And I think those two guys are probably – Far and away better than everybody. I guess, you know, Kelvin Benjamin does have a history yeah. and perhaps could return. So I think it's fair to say that he would be the third. And then Curtis Samuels floating out there. You're like, he could li- literally be the fourth best option that they have right now. He could move into being their third best option. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of time. It's, it, I don't think he's draftable this year. I, okay, but it's a 14 team. It was later in the draft. I, I really think that he is. And I think that when you're talking about players like uh, Adam Shaheen, um, I'm saying it wrong now, sure. too. Shaheen? <laughs> Shaheen. I th- we really need to get that. Yeah, we I need don't to know. get the pronunciation guy. <laughs> I'm going to uh, get on NFL research if they can send it. I'm going to go call my guy from Ashland, and uh, we'll get a straightened out. How do, we, how do we say this? But with somebody like that, it's going to take a while to adjust to the NFL. <clears throat> somebody who played at Ohio State does not have that problem. Okay. And really with these Ohio State guys, they it's a little bit of a disservice to them that you don't see how good they really are because they're I. E. Mike Thomas. Yeah, because they're they're sharing the ball with a lot of guys like Ezekiel Elliott's playing with Mike Thomas and Braxton Miller and Curtis Samuel was there, you know. So like they're so Urban Meyer's got recruiting promises to all these guys. Right. He's got to give everybody the ball. So it's not a huge surprise when they come and you're like, "Oh wow, this guy might he's better than what his college numbers indicated." So that's why it's hard to to look at what Curtis Samuel's numbers were in Ohio State and be like, I don't know if he's ready. I think he's ready. I think he's a big-time player. I think okay. he's extremely talented. I think the Carolina Panthers have a lot of faith in him. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. I think that they could use him. I know this is a lazy comparison, but similar. No, I would say like a Tyree kill where they're like, we're running plays for you. We're going okay. to design a few plays. We're going to put you in the slot. Interesting. And we're going to do this. And I think with just having Christian McCaffrey on the field with him at the same time, it's going to cause some some matchup nightmares for some opposing teams. And That's interesting. It's a roll of the dice. I'm not going to start him as my wide receiver, too, and I don't know what position he's going to be in NFL.com. I think it was a receiver. Yeah. It doesn't count as a running back. No, he doesn't. Um, you know, as a flex guy, there's going to be some weeks where you're thin, we have injuries or bye weeks or in anything a deeper like league. Of course. Sure. Why not? Of course. Okay. There we go. All right, uh, we continue the late-round series, taking a look at the wide receiver position. Alex Gelhar wrote a terrific piece here if you want to find it, nfl.com slash Gelhar. Uh, man, uh, walk us through a little bit uh, of some late-round guys you got, and we'll start with Cam Meredith, who uh, has an ADP in the 10th round. Yeah, these are all guys with an ADP in the double-digit rounds in 12-team mocks per fantasy football calculator. But Meredith is one of those guys to target, and the same with the next guy on the list, Quincy Anunua, 
who when you're looking for kind of upside late round wide receivers, you want to look for target hogs or presumptive number one wide receivers on offenses that people project to be, for lack of a better term, terrible. And that could be the case for both the Bears and the Jets. So you look at these guys. None, uh, of, excuse me, Meredith played really well last year, kind of came on. They moved him both in the slot and out wide. Yep. Um, and he delivered a fair amount of yards in both of those places. Kevin White's still a big question mark. They signed a bunch of wide receivers, but really, is anybody getting excited about the prospect of Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, or Victor Cruz coming in and stealing a whole heck of a lot of targets? Marcus Wheaton, bro? I'm, ex- I'm very excited about all of those guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I think I think Meredith's in a great spot to see a bunch of volume. Yeah. And, uh, and he could probably produce, especially in the 10th round. Same with Nunwa. I mean, it's slightly – I think this is a little more concerning because the – the Jets, man, they're just punting on this season with getting rid of so much talent. Yeah. And uh, Nunwa had a lot more of his production come from the slot. And if he's their number one receiver, and he's even said this, he's going to have to kick outside and play that X position, which is going to be a little he's bit different. He's not going to be their number one. He's going to be. You can't, no, be the number, you can't be the number one with Chad Hansen on the team. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Get out of here. So Impossible. And, anyways, he was he was efficient on when he played outside last year. He caught 75% of his targets. He was only targeted 20 times uh, for 331 yards and a touchdown, averaging 23.6 yards per reception. Small sample size, but he found success on the edge. So sure. we'll see. But, again, in the 10th round, number one wide receiver, Why bad not? team, could be throwing a lot. It's worth worth a shot. Uh, got Adam Thielen here yes. uh, in the twelfth. I, I especially love the intro to your Adam Thielen, <laughs> <laughs> where I caution about doing hooked on a Thielen. Yes, I, I was. I told people because that was a, a big trend last year on the Twitters and other things. It was huge. People saying they were hooked on a Thielen. So I said, come on, guys! Like Thielen is in so many songs and so many sure. titles and stuff. Let's let's be a little more creative. You know, once more with Thielen. Feeling groovy, feeling and dealing, <laughs> feeling and dealing. Yes. Like lots of good, lots of good options if All you right. draft him. Adam Thielen, twelfth round, nine hundred sixty-seven yes. yards last year, uh, sixty-nine receptions, very nice, nice. Uh, four touchdowns. <laughs> but I will say this: of his nine sixty-seven, two hundred and two touchdowns came in week sixteen. Correct. Versus Green Bay. So that's a huge, huge uh, part of I his pointed production. out in the article, 48% of his fantasy points came in three game, three weeks total. Weeks 5, 14, and 16, where he had those big those big games. Yeah. Uh, to me, though, like, we've we've had this discussion on here a lot. And, you know, Rank was busting your chops on Twitter yesterday with uh, Farron Rodgers hadn't thrown 40 touchdowns. He wouldn't have finished as the QB1 <laughs> thing, which is a valid point. It's true. But what, what I think, what I like with the... Hashtag <laughs> think about it. What I like for a receiver uh, like Thielen with this is it shows that that weak winning performances in his range of outcomes. Like if you have him in there, you know, like, Hey, if things break, right, I could get, you know, a 30 burger from Thielen. Okay. Not extremely likely, but, uh, what I also liked is he was a consistent guy, uh, in a lot of different metrics. He was one of only four receivers to have a catch rate of over 70%. Average 12 plus yards per reception on a minimum of 70 targets. The other three to do it, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Doug Baldwin. That's good company to be in. Oh, yeah. He had, uh, I think I put it in here somewhere, he had like five-plus targets in most of his weeks as well, so he was getting consistent looks. And the big thing with his Vikings passing offense being a little underrated is we have to remember last year, that group went through so much turmoil. Yeah. They lost Teddy Bridgewater in like the last week of August. Mm -hmm. They had Sean Hill for a week. They had Sam Bradford coming in via trade, didn't start till week two, had to get used to it. Oh, by the way, then in week eight, they changed offensive coordinators. <laughs> yeah. Their offensive line was a bunch of turnstiles, and they had no running game. So now you look at all those things. Sam Bradford's back for consistency. Dig is he- Diggs is healthy. 
offensive line theoretically should be better. They yep. got Delvin Cook and Latavius. They should have a running game. All of that could help, and I think Thielen's a great value in the 12th round. I like it, too. Per NFLShop.com, yes? Adam Thielen is a top-selling jersey in North Dakota. No! <laughs> Got to go. Not Minnesota, North Dakota. Where did he go to school? North well, Dakota? He went to Minnesota. Wait. I have no to, idea. The, Dakota, the, Dakotas, the Dakotas tend to root for they Minnesota. Are, they're very, they're right uh, yeah. They're, okay. they're Minnesota. Just, just wanted to, to throw that in there. Adam Thielen, yeah. budding superstar. Yeah. Just signed a contract, too, so you know he's going to be around for a while. All right. You got Kenny Britt in the 13th round. Uh, you've talked extensively about Right. Him. We don't need to go yeah, too far exactly. into Britt, but he's, uh, he's a great value there. And with you know him and Coleman, Coleman's being drafted a handful of rounds earlier, I'd yep. much rather just wait and take Britt. There you go. Kenny Stills you have in the 14th round. Talked Walk a, me through. Talked a lot about him, too. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing for Stills as well is this is the – it's kind of the situational thing with him and the guy going – and that he's going up against on his own team in Devontae Parker. Okay. Parker's going six or more rounds earlier than Stills, depending on what site you look at. And Parker, throughout his whole career so far, has been up and down. He hasn't proven himself. He's getting challenged by the coaching staff a lot. This is going to be a very run-heavy team. So if you're trying to invest in a potential breakout on a small target amount from either of these guys, why reach seven rounds earlier on Parker yeah. when you can get Stills who Adam Gase loves. There's a long history of him wanting him, recruiting him. Did they just re-up him? They just yeah. re-signed him this offseason to a big deal. Uh, they started using stills. Back when he was with the Saints, he was more of just, you know, running wind sprints. Yeah. They use him all over the field now, intermediate routes in the slot outside. So I just think the the numbers are all there for stills to, to be a much better return on investment than Parker. Would I, I be would I be surprised if Parker had a Devontae Adams like season, caught ten touchdowns, eight hundred yards? No. Wouldn't blow wouldn't blow my mind. But would I also be surprised if Parker had a 600-yard, two-touchdown, you know, 60-catch year? You would not. I would not. Right. So, like, when that range of outcomes is there for a guy, I'm not going to reach on him in the seventh when I could get basically the same thing in the same offense in round 14. Yeah, when you think about Kenny Stills, again, I, I mean, I know they, they have utilized him a bit more throughout the field, but what he does at an elite level is burn downfield. And when this is a run-heavy team in an Adam Gase offense, and when that safety starts creeping down looking for Jay Ajayi, yeah. there goes Kenny Stills. Who's, who's going to get See over ya. the top? Right, Stills. exactly. And we saw it last year, too. I mean, he had a number of plays go for over 30 yards in a touchdown. So uh, he's got that deep playability, yeah. no doubt about it. He had 726 yards last year, uh, 42 receptions, so low volume, but nine touchdowns. Right. Nine touchdowns on 42 catches. You know how they're using him in Miami. And he's a guy, like we were talking about Rashad Perriman, I'd much rather take a shot on Kenny Stills, even though it's in a less high-volume passing attack. I'd yeah. much rather take a shot on Kenny Stills, who more has his role to find in that offense, just got paid. Then Rashad Perriman, who we've still barely seen on an NFL field. Robert Woods in the 14th round, 613 yards, 51 receptions last year, just one touchdown in Buffalo, but now he is in L.A. You like him uh, as a good value. Back in L.A. Or back back in, in L.A. Home, homecoming. That's right. You know, That's right. from from Southern California, went to USC. I mean, this is a this is a case where we need we don't quite know how the Rams passing offense is going to shake out. They drafted a bunch of wide receivers. Cooper Cup could see a bunch of work as well. But Cooper Cup, Robert Woods figures to take over the Pierre Garcon role in McVay's offense from when he was in Washington. Uh, Sean McVay, the new head coach, and in the last three years, Garcon had north of 100 targets each season and had 19, 20, and 18.8 percent of the team targets, which is nothing to you know turn your nose up at. Yep. Now Garcon, everybody knows, the last three years. Not a huge fantasy asset, like not a weak winner kind of thing. Yep. But he was uh, finishing around in like the wide receiver 30 to 40 range and in PPR much higher. So that's why the big thing for Woods is if you're in the late rounds of a PPR draft you and in a deeper league, he can be a guy that you can set and expect, you know, like 
10 to 15 points out of in the PPR league, probably pretty consistently. Okay. There you Touchdowns go. might not be there, but again, we're in the 14th round looking for value. A guy that's going to see, you know, 18 to 20% of his team targets isn't a bad one to take a stab at. All right. I know IT's contract year players at the tight end position. We're running a little heavy. So we're running. We can't just add a little note to some of these receivers. I just. Yeah, please. No, I just think Cam Meredith is the number one wide receiver going in the 10th round. Is fascinating to me. It's like why people? Because and I know a lot of people will probably have a little hesitation because if oh, he's healthy, you can lock him up for a thousand yards. No, I, I believe that you can, and I think that last year during Alshon Jeffrey's suspension, Cam Meredith still played pretty well. There was a couple of monster games he had. He one was against the Packers. One was against uh, Washington, I believe. And he did. He played pretty well in his absence. His breakout game came against the Colts with I, Alshon. I feel on the like I feel like we're at the point though. We got to throw out all Green Bay games from last year. It's Adam Thielen still, who well, 200 yards. You still get the Stephon Diggs. They're had, still playing them this season. I, I know, I know, but I, this year they're gonna. Well, theoretically, they'll be nah. much healthier. Nah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I don't know. It, Ranks, this, this happens. It's interesting. This happens every year though, where the number one wide receiver on an offense that might not be as great falls. Like I'm just looking at ADP from last year. Yeah. Steve Smith. Went in round 12 yeah. of 12-team leagues. Okay. Uh, Torrey Smith, when he was the number one in San Francisco, and you know a lot of people, including Matt Harmon, thought he could have a, a sneaky bounce back here, going in round 10. Like Corey Coleman, the number one receiver for the Browns, right. was going in round 10 as well. So. Like Stephon Diggs went in round 9. Like this happens this happens every year, so That's Cam true. Meredith is a great value. That right. makes sense. I mean, though, some like of the names it. you, you – mentioned sort of validated why they went late in the 10th round <laughs> right, right. Well, i mean some of those guys got some of those guys got injured too yeah, lots true. of other things conspired against them but i mean it happens every year and there's there's chances to be had with these guys so we are running a little heavy so we'll table the contract year tight ends for monday we'll move on to the mock draft results uh we just had this yesterday 14 team PPR so super deeply we didn't and the other thing is you didn't have to draft kickers or defenses so it added two extra roster spots for you to draft in a 14 team league that makes a big difference and plus it's PPR so there's a lot of different things a lot of different uh, moving parts here in this mock draft Um, let's get some of the schematics out of the way when you're playing in a deeper league like a 14 team or maybe it's a 12-team league with an extra-large roster. Yeah. Uh, can you guys give some advice to those folks who might be playing in this format for maybe the first or maybe the second time? Some strategy there, Marcus Grant. I'd say don't be afraid to reach, um, you know, especially if you were at one of the ends of the draft. I mean, I, I was <laughs> – seriously, I mean, I was 12 out of 14 teams. So at some point you know, like, if there's a guy you want, you're going to have to reach for him a little bit earlier because oh, – yeah. After you, after you get past your little picks, you know, you, know, you go 12 and you come back around it's early second round, like, you might as well get a sandwich or something because yep. you're going to be waiting for a while. And that guy that you were probably eyeing is probably going to be gone. So, you know, like, don't don't feel like you are beholden to ADP. ADPs and that sort of thing. Go right. get your guy. Matt Franciscovich? Yeah, what I noticed is uh, in the second round, like, I didn't want – I wasn't cool with any of the running backs. I really wanted to fill that running back spot. But don't let roster need make your decision for you. Especially so, early. Yeah, especially early. So, in, like, in this mock, for instance, I didn't like any of the names at running back in second round, so I went Rob Gronkowski, and I feel like that gave me an adv- advantage over everyone else at that position. You know, especially – this is – it's a great segue to my next question, and we'll stay with you, but in a 14-team league – yeah. Uh, these these positions that have scarcity, like tight end mm-hmm. and running back as well, uh, it becomes even more imperative that you get elite players at that position. You talk about having an advantage there uh, with Rob Gronkowski. I couldn't agree with you more. Right. In a 14-team league, 
it's a great advantage for sure uh, having a guy like Rob Gronkowski. But how does that translate? Uh, we talk about quarterback depth a lot. But yeah. So in a 14-team league, does that quarterback depth, I mean, does it still hold true in a 14-teamer? I think if your rosters are a little shallower, like I think we had two running backs, two wideouts, and a flex spot in this league, Yeah. I think yes. If your roster is deeper where you're going to be starting three or four wideouts or you know you have two extra extra flexes or whatever, then you want more of the pass catcher running back guys. Okay. And then you can wait on, 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 quarterback. on quarterback. But I think in a shallower roster setting, you want that advantage at quarterback I earlier. You want, a, you want a strong play. Correct. Because there's not – you know, the scarcity at the running back or the wide receiver position uh, is lessened somewhat, Correct. as you're mentioning. All yeah. right, so there you go. Um, who gets a boost in PPR? What players get a boost, Alex Gilhar? Well, I was going to make this point. For obviously the pass-catching running backs, you know, guys that might not normally be weekly starters, your Darren Sproles of the world, your Theo Riddicks, um, Chris yeah. Thompsons, those guys are very much in play in PPR leagues. And also the, the high-volume receivers that don't get into the end zone a lot become – infinitely more value in PPR. Such like, as? Such as on my roster, I actually drafted Golden Tate and Larry Fitzgerald. There you go. Uh, Tate has averaged, I think, 92, 93 catches a year since he's gone to Detroit. Larry Fitzgerald, last two years, has had 109 and 107 receptions. That's a huge difference and more than makes up for a lack of touchdowns if they only get into the end zone, you know, four or five times. That's so a great point. Those those are the types of guys that you certainly can you certainly want to look for because they just become staples in your lineup and give you consistent points. And when they do get in the end zone, that's a huge boost for your team. Can we talk about Leonard Fournette and Marshawn Lynch in this format? Because it seems like players like that, uh, good backs, power backs, but may not see as much action in the passing game. They really start to slide, Adam Rank. Yeah, it was crazy how long Marshawn Lynch. Crazy how long he was out. And there. held out there, and I know that people were just crushing me because I was doing, uh, I was doing my own draft on Facebook Live, and people were chiming in, and uh, nobody could understand why Marshawn Lynch was um, was falling. And I think that, and I'm a little bit guilty of it too because I I allowed him to go because I wanted to get a couple of receivers. Actually, I think. How long did he go? I'm looking. Fourth round. Right he fourth, went in the fourth round. Fourth, fourth round. round in a 14 team league. In a standard, like, 10 or 12 team league, you're going to see this dude go at the end of the second round. Yeah. I don't it, think it was crazy at all where he went. I don't think it's crazy at all. Yeah, no, I, I, and I get that, but there's going to be people who. It's well, like, what do you mean? I, I don't. I think it is a fourth round. I no, mean, but, I'm, but, but here's the thing. You know, and we're talking about the casual fan who may not play in PPR or maybe a, a, a player who hasn't played in a 14 team league before. Um, you, you know, I think Adam Rank is right on. They're watching his Facebook live feed, and they're saying, "Holy hell! How is Marshawn Lynch falling this far?" I mean, yeah. well, I guess I, I guess I look at it as one. Obviously, PPR his value isn't quite as great, but also, I guess I feel like I'm in the minority, or at least I'm in the part of the population that isn't just sold that Marshawn Lynch walks back on the field and is. Beast mode, as we knew him before, <laughs> and not, not that he's gonna. How dare you? Not that he's gonna fall apart and be some kind of scrub, but like, I think everybody is thinking, you know, the I'm gonna run down the field and stiff arm the hell out of Roman Harper, and you know, like, you know, flex and pose as I leap into the end zone. Like, we don't know if he's gonna be that guy. So yeah. you add that to the fact that he's not a pass catcher. It's true. And in a PPR draft, he starts to fall. Right. And the thing is, too, like these drafts, wide receivers and good pass catching tight ends become at such a premium. At the end of the third round, there had been 24 wide receivers taken, three tight ends, only 15 running backs. Yeah. So, like, there's a big jump. So, when you think about those 15 running backs, like, 
yeah, you can very easily see how there were 15 guys that went ahead of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Uh, and ended up, he went, was the RB17, which makes sense. But Lamar Miller fell into the fourth round. Isaiah Crowell was two picks away from falling into the fourth round. Right. Like, I mean, Christian McCaffrey barely made it into the third round there when you took him, Co. So I don't, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's, it's, okay. a, it's an appropriately valued I agree. situation. No, no, I, I totally agree. I'm just saying I think it's surprising for, you know, more casual fans. Well, I still think that people get so worked up about PPR leagues. Yeah. When you have a, a running back who's going to score double-digit touchdowns, and even if, even if uh, Marshawn Lynch isn't the running back he was a couple of years ago, he's still better than Latavius Murray was last season. Right. And he's going to be able – yeah, he is. He's just a better player. <laughs> and – Latavius Murray, for I don't know how it happened, got 12 touchdowns. I, I don't know. I just watched that guy, and I'm like, how does he just not get rooked every time? He runs so straight up. I'm like, ah, it frightens Was me. Was it you that said he runs like a door? Someone said he runs like a door. <laughs> so, Rank, to your point, I mean, if you look back at, like, last year's PPR breakdown, Latavius Murray, anybody want to guess where he finished overall ranks in PPR running backs? Oof. Uh... Fourth. <laughs> He didn't even finish that high in standard. Uh, 15th. 13th. 13th. So right right ahead of uh, Isaiah Crowell, right behind Frank Gore. Two guys that I think Crowell had, what, like 40 receptions last year? Something like that? Maybe not well, quite. Exactly. Well, exactly. Had exactly 30, 40. He's had 33 catches. Right. So, I mean, it's not It's not like an, and Marshawn will catch a handful of passes. But I'm actually shocked Crowell had 40 receptions. Yeah. He's good. That's a uh, lot he's of a for a guy. Well, the Browns are losing a lot, too. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, it, for a guy that uh, is on the same roster with Duke Johnson. Right. You know what I mean? That's kind of interesting. All right. That's good. All right. Give me a surprise pick, Alex Gilhar. Uh, surprise pick. Let's see. I wrote up a bunch of these. Let me just scroll through and find a good one. I'll go. I'll, oh, yeah. I got one for you. Uh, Graham took Eddie Lacy at 66th overall in the fifth round, which I thought was a little surprising, especially nope. given some of the guys behind him. Because I took Paul Perkins, Tevin Coleman, well, Tevin Coleman, uh, Theo Riddick, Mark Ingram, uh, and then like Frank Gore, Amir Abdullah, Doug Martin, even a lot of guys that might catch uh, some more passes than Lacey, and especially because Lacey's coming into a situation where it's a crowded backfield. Oh yeah. And CJ Procise is already presumed to be taking that passing down work. So if like we've seen great Eddie Lacey, if by some stroke of whatever he gets back to great Eddie Lacey, then. It's an awesome pick for Graham. He's got some good value there. But I just thought there was a lot of risk associated with that pick um, around there. Although Graham was talking on Twitter afterwards, and I noted looking at his team, he went for just all the touchdowns because he had Devontae Adams as well. He had Jordan Reed. So he had some guys that might not be as ideal of PPR picks, but lots of touchdowns. So it was part of his overall strategy. Still a surprising pick given the spot in a 14-team league. Adam Rank. My biggest surprise came in round two when Todd Gurley went off the board. That surprised me as well. RB pretty early. Especially with news, or not necessarily news, but when you look at Sean McVay at, uh, in Washington. Lance Dunbar. That, yeah, he's he bringing Lance, Lance Dunbar to be that Chris Thompson type it's receiver West, running West back. West Coast Chris Thompson. And he had fifty, he had 53 targets last year, Gurley. I, I don't think that he gets that again. And now you're, you're having a huge leap of faith that he's going to get back to his rookie season numbers uh, as a runner and ho and and again like I as I was just saying a moment ago like everybody goes a little bit crazy because it's a PPR league but at the same time in the second round you should probably still be hauling in a pass catcher yeah I would agree with that um, real real quick just for context Todd Gurley was the tenth RB taken right behind after him pass catcher wise DeAndre Hopkins Gronk Kelsey Amari Cooper Terrell Pryor Allen Robinson Brandon Cooks 
uh, Tyreek Hill, Jarvis Landry were the next several taken. MG Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Montgomery. Like, I would have rather have – Ty Montgomery than Ty Gurley? Yeah. Same. I would agree with that. I would agree with that, especially in this format. Uh, give me a player that went way lower than you anticipated, even in this PPR format, 14 teams. Uh, you mean not uh, not named uh, Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn Lynch did go pretty late. Uh, but, again, you know, we, we had highlighted about how, you know, guys who are great standard running backs may not necessarily be great uh, PPR running backs. And, and, again, when you're drafting with 14, you know, managers who do this for a living, <laughs> you're going to see – uh, you're going to see that adjustment, and, and maybe Adam Rank is right. Uh, maybe we overcorrected. Maybe we overadjusted uh, to somebody like Marshawn Lynch and Leonard Fournette as well. But uh, any of you guys got? Uh, a, a- uh, I mean, I will say we we sort of joked in the chat room about Brandon Marshall falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, what I was going to say. Too. You know, and like I, I get it. Like Brandon Marshall's not the Where'd same. Where would he go? Fourteenth round or something? Uh, no, not that round. Late. No, round eight. It was it was the end of round eight though, but it was just like wide receiver fifty three. Right, we yeah. were just like watching and like we started we started you know kind of making jokes in the chat room about Brandon Marshall just just tumbling down the board. Um, look, I get it; he's not the same guy that he was a couple years ago, and he he's obviously going to have to defer to, obviously to OBJ, maybe to Sterling Shepard, who knows. Um, but man, I just I look at some of the guy. I mean, Zay Jones comes off the board before Brandon Marshall. Oh, really? Uh, oh, oh yeah. Crazy. No, look at the look at the list. Right. It's crazy. Zay Jones, a bunch of guys we just talked about: Kenny Stills, Robert Woods, Quincy Inunua. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. It's crazy. Some of the guys who came off the board before Brandon Marshall. I mean, personally, I'd probably rather have most of those guys over Marshall, <laughs> but that's me. I'm not high on the but, Giants but passing attack. If this year. he is uh, New York's number two. Yeah. Like last year, Sterling Shepard was a number two at 105 targets and eight touchdowns. Yeah, Sterling Shepard so still that, there. He slides into that role. But, I think, I think but don't they the chop question. that up a little bit? Don't, don't you I, think they chop that up a little bit? I'm saying if Shepard's still there. I also think Shepard is still there. I also think yeah. that's the question of whether or not he right. slides into that two or right. if he's the three. Um, I want to throw in another guy too. Franchise, I thought you got a pretty good steal, and I wrote about it in round seven. Kelvin Benjamin. Went as the wide receiver forty. Nobody wants Kelvin Which Benjamin. What's crazy year. to me, especially like in PPR, and maybe yeah, he's not a Jarvis Landry type dynamo. Yeah, but his two healthy years, he said twenty six point six and twenty point nine percent of the targets. Like, yes, they got Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. They're not just gonna abandon chucking the ball down the field to Kelvin Benjamin, and he's a touchdown threat. Yeah. So you probably got yourself a guy who's gonna get at least seventy catches and could push for double-digit touchdowns yeah. as the wide receiver 40. I yeah. thought that was crazy. And one more quick one. Uh, we were just – because it's off the point we are talking about earlier. Rob Kelly went in round <laughs> 10. Dude. Pick 138, RB 55. Like I, I can't tell if that's good or bad. No, I'm saying, like, it's, <laughs> I think I think this is a crazy value for Cynthia. Cynthia, who got him there. Look, like, I know you're, you're super hyper <laughs> on Samaji P. Run. I thought it was not a good pick. Jamal Charles went before him. At the RB 55. Jamal Williams went before him. <laughs> like he's still the starter right now. Right. Like we're doing this. We're doing this mock now. So I, like I'm saying, like he's still the starter. He's an early down back, and it could be a high scoring offense. Like he could hard fall. Pass, he man. could fall into six to eight touchdowns. It's gonna be I the Matt Asiata. Hard pass for in me. round ten though. Well, RB you, fifty-five. That's crazy. Co took some Ajay Pirine in the fifth, fifth round. round. Oh yeah, I'm stupid. But I'm stupid. Yeah, but I like it. I like it, though. That's, I like it. But that's the cool part of doing drafts right now. Is yeah. That you really have to project analyze this a lot. and project it. Because yeah. even when I took Dalvin Cook, a lot of people are like, oh, Latavius Murray is number one on the depth track. Nope. Like, actually, go on the Viking site. Yeah. 
Adrian Peterson is number one. Oh, perfect. <laughs> they, they haven't updated it. This is what you have to do. This really tests your metal if you know what you're doing. Yeah. That's um, great. That's a great well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. In the 10th round, I guess I hear what you're saying, but – you know, again, we started talking about PPR. What's this dude's role? Chris Thompson is going to be, you know, catching all the passes. At best, he splits work with Saman JP Ryan. So now we're talking about part-time two-down back. No, at, at best, he at, at, best. at best he wins the starting job. Oh, like we, no, I'm just saying. Like if we're actually saying at best, like best case scenario for him, he keeps Saman JP Ryan at bay. This is a guy that nobody cared about, and he beat, give out, you he beat a, out Matt Jones. So I'm just saying. Like I'm going to give you a long look. Sure. But we're saying, no, we're saying, we're saying at best, <laughs> I mean, like in on. air quotes, heavy air quotes. I know, but I mean, if we do, if we go down that road, we could say at best this guy's going to run for two thousand yards. I mean, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? We got to project Again, a little. Again, this is the tenth round, RB fifty-five. Yeah, all there right. were a lot of people that like might not even see work right. all year that went ahead of him. It's true. And this guy is a presumptive starter on a high-scoring offense. It's true. That is true as well. Tenth good, round. Good value. RB55. All right. So if you want to find those results, <laughs> how do we find it? NFL.com slash Gelhar? Yes, that's the easiest way to get there. Okay. NFL.com slash Gelhar. By the way, I would be remiss if I did not mention NFL.com slash DraftKit. If you guys have not been to NFL.com slash DraftKit, you're not ready for your draft yet. I mean, the information that has been compiled in the DraftKit this year – Unbelievable. The guys here at NFL.com have done an unbelievable job putting all this information together. And I'm, and I'm pointing directly at Marcus Grant. I'm pointing directly at Alex Gellhart as well. Those two guys this offseason, holy hell, have put in the work, man. So uh, go check it out, NFL.com slash DraftKit. But if you want to see the results of a 14-team PPR mock draft, go to NFL.com slash Gellhart. All right, let's wrap up the show with a round of Daily Daps. All right, daily dap time. I will kick us off this time. Anti daps to myself. <laughs> As I was driving in, I gave my uh, protein shake bottle a, a good shake. Unfortunately, the lid was not on. Oh. The inside portion of my car looks like a protein horror show. <laughs> Gross. I, first of all, it's all over my clothes. It looks like I dooted myself. The Prius is getting some gains today. <laughs> it is. Putting in work. We get it, bro. Your Prius works out. Dude. <laughs> Not cool, man. That was such, yeah, that's such a humble brag. It is like, humble. Ah, my protein shake and uh <laughs> my, my kale smoothie went everywhere all right calm down i'm not saying i'm, I'm it was leg day too so yeah. it was it got stuck in the accelerator what's your name <laughs> drop what's your name drop tally at who rank <laughs> yeah what about what's probably, your name drop rank? i don't know this episode i don't, I don't we should think start, we this start. episode yeah you, you have got, i dropped one name? i don't, I don't think uh, i don't know i was only hanging out gary barnage and d'angelo williams the coliseum's twitter uh i'm just kidding man what about but and we talked about Christian McCaffrey, and I didn't even mention that I had a conversation with him. And add one was, to the tally. Oh, does that that doesn't? No, if I'm saying I didn't, uh, I will it. give daps to. Uh, here's here's my question. It's not really daps. I just I'm curious because I'm a beer person, and and my buddy who's a wine guy says, ah, you know, man, as I'm getting older, I just I like my macro brew beer, and I'm just gonna stick with it because, and I'm like, but and I realize that. 
a lot of what beer you know tasting for me is is the discovery process much like wine people because i asked the i asked i asked my buddy i'm like hey listen you're a wine guy but you don't go with the same wine every single time as a matter of fact as a wine person it's almost your duty to go check out a bunch of different wines and i feel like i'm i'm the kind of beer person that likes the discovery process as well absolutely um and i realize i'm not really friends with people that are not of that same ilk and I just wanted to get a temperature in the room here. It, are, are you guys? Are you guys? When you go to the bar, do you go get your standard pint that you always get, or are you a discovery person? I'm always like, ooh, I've never seen that one before. Give me one of those. Discovery person. Yeah. Discovery. Discovery person. Uh, I tend to discover. Yeah. Discovery person. <laughs> it depends on the situation. Okay. Like if you're, I don't know, in a in a in a instance where you're going to be pounding 12 beers. Yes. Like, then I think yeah, you go with your standard. You go with your standard macro. All the Miller I see. Right. I see. Exactly. But if I'm going to have two or three good beers, yeah, uh, yeah 100% discovery. Okay. Actually, it'll be part of my daps. I also would like to th- I would like to take this time to reiterate to the craft beer brewers of America. Yes. Like, Enough with the IPAs already. Like I like IPAs are fine, but like okay. you don't have to put do out want? like a Pilsner. Se- you don't have to put out like seventeen versions of an IPA. There are so many other styles of beer. Yeah, Pilsner would be nice. That'd maybe be a good. lager. I prefer. I personally prefer a good porter. Like why not more of those? Because okay. all those suck. Oh, that's I'm just joking. I'm teasing. <laughs> uh, the, I, I think the porter reason is very. Uh, I think it, it wouldn't sell in LA, and you know why? Because it's too many calories, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Okay, and it's too hot out here lots of time for porters. That's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. All right, we'll go to Alex Galehart. Give me some daps. Uh, daily daps to uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Saw it on Tuesday. Oh, yeah? Good conclusion to the trilogy. Okay. Sneaky good trilogy of the last, like, so several Mark, years. Does Mark so do Wahlberg call, make a, a – What do you no. call a series that has four movies? Uh, quadrility? Right, so, so it would be the into the quadrilogy, right? Qu- quadrilogy? No, the Mark Wahlberg one doesn't count. See, no, they, they want to try to, like, they, they don't try to excommunicate it from the series, but it's part of the series. Like, they, they want to pretend like it didn't happen, but it totally happened. I wish about, I wish it's, one of, no, it's one of the few movies that I almost walked out on. So what about the Roddy McDowell versions, then? Is that part of it? Well, that's like the that's like the original trilogy or whatever. But yeah, even like all those, those. Even like all the, six of those, right? But even all those weren't. I good. think like the, the Wahlberg first one is like the, the Star Wars stuff. holiday special. We'll just pretend it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> the rug. But no, wait, it's, wait it's, do people hate? So people hated that one. The, the Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, it was the Mark Wahlberg one was awful. Okay. But no, this one this one was very good. It's it was very fun. Andy Serkis is great. The mocap and CGI is amazing. Okay. It's a it's a cool story and it's a good. Good end, uh, end to this trilogy, so go check it out. There you go. Matt Franciscovich, what you got? Yeah, I went to uh, this little food event last night by a website called The Infatuation, uh, and it was awesome. So I'm going to DAPS Infatuation. Perfect. Infatuation.com. They have, what uh, kind of food you get, pal? So they had a couple They had a couple food trucks there. It was free-range chicken was there, so I got a honey sriracha Hello. fried chicken on a biscuit. Oh yeah! Oh man, it was so good. Salt and straw uh, ice cream was there. Really good ice cream joint. Oh, that is uh, a spot called. Wait, Pe- hold on. Is Salt and Straw down here in L.A.? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. Oh, where have I been? Uh, a truck called Pico House, I believe. I had like a lamb bowl with rice and some veggies. Dude, it was awesome. It was a Holy nice hell. little event sponsored by Stella Artois. So okay. not really a fan of that beer, but hey. Oh wow! They were free. So oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at drinking spot. <laughs> Sorry. Like, what? Not a huge fan. <laughs> Hey, thanks for hosting us, and thanks for giving us all your free product. But by the way, you suck. I didn't say they suck. I said I'm not a fan. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he's being, he's showing some integrity. <clears throat> like you would be remiss if you went to something where you didn't like it 
and were lying just because they gave you some free things. This is a man of integrity right here. That's right. He can't be bought by some, you know, some sliders. I'm a hipster. (laughs) I can't be bought by some corpo. (laughs) Some sweet potato fry sliders. We didn't use (laughs) a pun. We used two sweet potato fries. That's right. As our meat. <laughs> hey, man. Look. That'll not sway him. I'm just saying, I like good food. It was a good event, and I, the website oh, is good if you need food man. recommendations. Infatuation. So. How, was the, yeah. uh, how was the avocado toast? I didn't have that. <laughs> I knew who the, of, the well, fact that they had it. The free-range truck had that. Uh, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Free-range truck. <laughs> free-range chicken. It's really Franchi- delicious. Hey. Franchise is trying to plan a wedding. He can't afford avocado toast. That's a very That's good point. true. Well, he wants to save up for a house as well. So Right. You can't buy that avocado toast no, in Hollywood. Gosh. I mean, it, no. co- it costs at least eight avocado toast to buy a house. <laughs> yeah. At least, at, at least. least, yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe like ten if you want an extra bedroom. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, man. Yeah. And then you throw in healthcare. I mean, that's like another avocado toast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all crazy. of a sudden, you're like at a dozen avocado toasts. Yeah, you can't be buying them all. No. You know what I mean, it's well, crazy. You gotta buy a house. <laughs> yes. All right, we're off the rails here. <laughs> G Mike, I'm Marcus Grant. Uh, I want to dap the. I, I know uh, Gelhard dapped uh, you know, Planet of the Apes, but I yeah. just want to sort of dap um, a lot of good movies that have either just come out or are coming out. I know that you know the common refrain is that everything that comes out now is either a sequel or a comic book or yes. whatever. But um, is that not true? It's not true. I mean, uh, just the fact the last few Baby weeks, Driver. We've had Baby Driver, uh, Dunkirk, which I'm very excited about. We'll that was out, a remake uh, of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I love. By the way, I love it was that Christopher the Nolan. I love that Christopher Nolan just goes around and just murders genres. It's like, oh, you want a superhero movie? Boom, let me give you this. Oh, you want a sci-fi movie? Let me give you Inception. Oh, you want a World War II movie? Okay, let me give you Dunkirk. I mean, it's like the guy just goes around and just kills all these genres, man. He's awesome. So yeah, right? so there's that. There's the Atomic Blonde in a couple of weeks. Baby um, Driver. Yeah, it's a Baby Driver. Big, big Sick. Big Sick. So I mean, there are a lot of really good movies that. That fall outside of that sequel or comic book, you know, that franchise range. Not, not you, franchise. Um, but you know, so like for I, I just whenever these happen, and I know I get frustrated with it too sometimes. But I just really kind of encourage you, like, if these are the kind of movies you want, like, go support these movies. Like, go see them, and like, the more you see these kind of movies, good point. The less we'll get, you know, another. Jurassic Park, or you know, a, don't go see the new Jurassic a, World when it comes out, or a or a don't. you know sixth or seventh Transformers movie or whatever we're on now. <laughs> I think we're on whatever. like twelve or something. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. All right, hit me, Adam Ray. That's like it's a discovery movie. Discovery movie. Discovery. There we go. Yeah. 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 Watch exactly. something yeah. original for a change. Okay. You jerks. Um, <laughs> a bunch of sheep. Don't get the macro movie. <laughs> Stupid don't get the craft movie. Transformers. Don't get, the craft. don't get that craft movie. Swingers. You know, that was a good craft if, movie. Exactly. It was if, a terrible movie. That's how they need craft. to market these movies. Craft don't craft. get the don't get the, the, well, the macro movie. Get it, the craft movie. Indie films. You know what I mean? Indie. Yeah, but yeah. No? Indie no? I don't think it has. But some of them are big studio movies, but they just Yes. Are original. Well, just like these, well, just like these, these micro brews. Are All right, by. rank. What else do you got for us? Get out of here. Speaking of jerks, let's tap uh, Dan Hanses. Okay, hey. Zuss. Excuse me, I'm joking. He's not a jerk. Uh, Dan Hans Zuss. Yes, the old Zusser. The old Zusser. <laughs> he updated his pain rankings. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, it led to a heated discussion in the newsroom between Mark Sessler and me as to who should be the top team. Uh, he, of course, Mark being a longtime Cleveland Browns fan, yes. said they are the worst. And I'm like, of course, you guys are such the victim. You always say that. But 
nobody's having it worse right now than the Los Angeles Charger fans, especially if you live in San Diego. That's that's a terrible situation. And I'm like, you can have a table full of teams and fans of like your whole existence sucks. But the Chargers sucks, especially right now, because they just got dumped. Yeah. It was like somebody who just got broke up, like, ah, you know, his girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah, but like, not that bad. night, when you're at the bar that night, yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, that really sucks for them. Okay. You know what I think the worst part is, too, is it's like, yeah, you, they broke up, but then they just started dating your next-door neighbor, basically. <laughs> that you that you hate. Yes. And now you, you have to look at them all the time. You, like, you, have, you have to drive to past it. them. You have it's to go right to their there. house if you want to see them. Yep. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And I always – well, I, and the thing that I had to throw out to them, too, because a lot of East Coast people don't get this, but you're, you're like, San Diego folk hate LA. Los Angeles. Hate yeah. It would be, and I tried to equate. I go, this would be like if the Eagles moved to New York, and you told Philly fans, like, "What's the big deal? It's ninety minutes away." It's right. a, gra- like, it's a great analogy. Who cares? <laughs> like, just get over it. Right. Like you, you would never say that. No. So stop saying that to Charger fans. Let them make up their own mind. Or it'd be and, like if New York went to New Jersey. We'll just uh, move on. <laughs> very nice. We'll, well, well played. Well, okay, we'll move on. Uh, and speaking of people, I want to adapt the team Marvel the. John Marvel is our super, our boss, supervisor. Uh, he runs uh, a lot of the editorial content here at uh, NFL.com. And his team was the one who was editing not only Dan Hans-Zuss's pain rankings, but they also were the, the creative group behind the Why You Should Root For series, which just concluded today, Thursday, yep, buddy. with the Las Vegas, Oakland, Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, <laughs> so big daps to them because okay. they had to – they had to uh, edit my BS. Yes. And if you think that on this podcast that I'm a rambling, idiotic mess, that's the way I write, too. Like, it just comes out that way. So they have to go out there and somehow make sense of it. Uh, and through it all, they did a great job. So Perfect. I cannot thank them enough. I want to adapt the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. They have won 31 out of 35 games. That's that cr- seems incredible that to me. crazy. Uh, two of those losses, of course, were to the Angels. But uh, that is no, no, no. But that's an no. That's a historical stretch because I saw it on. on no, it uh, is on uh, MLB TV today, MLB and I was Network. thinking about it, and I've got, and I was, I was looking at that. And I'm like, that's very impressive. I live in Southern California. Yeah. Um, I've seen four Dodger games this year, and they were, wow. And were they all Angel games? All, when they played the Angels? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was. I mean, they're never. Although you know, that's not true because on Tuesday night I caught them for a minute. Okay. At tsunami because oh, it was great. on, but nobody can watch nobody it. Nobody can like, see them. No. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. oh, there's yeah. stinks. Yeah. I go. This is. I got. And truthfully, I didn't know they were playing that well because I made a joke last. And part of it too is I made a joke last night because the Angels beat the Nationals. I'm like, oh, they beat the best team in the National League. And it was like, oh, is the. Do they play the Cubs? I'm like, ah, I know the Cubs won, but people like the Dodgers. I'm like, do they have a better record? And I went and looked. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, they're good. So you're like, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, adapts to the Open. I love this time of year. I love getting up at 1 in the morning the to watch open. golf. Oh. Open. Oh, open golf <laughs> I tournament. I got you now. The uh, British Open? Oh, don't well, call it. It's just Whoa. the Open, oh, sir. Oh, just, sir. Oh, hey, 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 hey. It's just hey, the Open. That's hey, what it's called. Hey, the, chill, bro. Listen, no, that's, that's the anti start thing. I know. Ever. It's yes. Not- it starts, uh, yeah. So we go into the weekend. Uh, Anti-dabs to people who submit stupid trade offers. I cannot tell you. I'm in a dynasty baseball league, and there is this dude who every, about every six weeks has to send me a Mike Trout trade offer. Mm. It's like, I'll give you Andrew McCutcheon, Curtin Jerker McGee, 
Uh, Sticks Barley. Stick. I don't know, man. Uh, Curtin Jerker McGee's Babbitt is pretty good, right? His now. OPS is actually <laughs> off the charts. And uh, yeah. and it's like stop that. So what I do immediately because he has Altuve, so I give him the same thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Dude. You can have you can have Felix Hernandez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> like, I actually offered him Brian Dozier. Okay. Felix Hernandez yeah. and uh, Taylor, the Dodger guy who's okay. crushing it. Chris uh, Taylor. Chris Taylor. Yeah. That we have. Oh, Weak, yeah. bro. We love him. We Weak. have. So Weak. We love him. Uh, and then uh, Daps, finally, to Carl Strauss Brewing. I had this written here yes. before you even writ- wrote Beer People. They have a they have a, uh, a tasting room across the street from Angel Stadium. You can go there and park. Yes. Buy a beer. It's like six bucks. And then you just put your receipt in your dashboard and they can, uh, and then you can park there for free. Perfect. So you're paying six bucks, but yeah. you're getting a beer out of it instead of paying good deal. bucks and going to the. And it's know, right across the street. Right across the street. You don't have to park in the parking lot where all the homeless people have the encampments. You now up have and just, down the You now have just ruined your best favorite parking spot. <laughs> no, no, no. I want people. No, they're good people. It's they, it's go. a huge parking lot because it's it's in the it's in the ground floor of an office building, mm-hmm. so they have ample parking yeah. everywhere. Right. It's not even like a big Thank deal. You. We got to so, get out of here. Discovery. What? I just wanted to hear one guy who tweeted. For the Wizkid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhart. To the bearded one, Matt Franciscovich. MG, my guy, Marcus Strand. The rambling Adam Rank. I'm James Cohn. It's not like I'm taking away analysis time. I'm sitting here. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.